Joe Rogan and David Lee Roth. This week, like <laughs> this week, like every other fucking week, we talk about the a wrestler in a really fucking comedic fucking way, and we fucking swear because we're men wearing no shirts and eating red meat. Shit, fuck, cock, crap. Fuck. Shit, I say crap. I remember, remember when I was six and Shane Pratt was telling me all the swear words, and we were hidden behind coats in Miss Kessler's class, and he just went, and then there's crap. And he said that really loud. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Uh, I'm Dylan God, of course, speaking the other time. The weirdo was John no, Hastings. No, good. I'm the I'm the professional broadcaster. You're you're the fucking you're you look like a pedophile that doesn't have the confidence to do what he likes to kids. Pedophile means accountant. No, it doesn't. No, it certainly does not mean that. That's what it means on this podcast. We have alternate words for everything. This week we're doing uh, the Honky Tonk Man, a man who, always related to Jerry Lawler, also just calls him a pedophile. Oh boy, just calls him Chester the Molester at every opportunity. Couple of observations about the Honky Tonk Man. First off, that guy loves loves a non traditional uh, beer conveyance. Every shoot interview, he's not just drinking a bottle of beer or a can. It's those weird aluminum Bud Light bottles. Or it's like a big old tall boy of beer. Like that guy gets into it. He's clearly the kind of guy that's like, it's 2 p.m. The sun is shining somewhere. Time to have 10 beers and let someone know how I feel about politics. This is what I like about the Honky Tonk Man, though, where he's quoted he's quoted basically as saying like a lot of people ended up broken wrestling because they couldn't readjust their budget like it's not so much the lifestyle it's readjusting your budget to your new budget because we're no longer making six figures and baby he seems like the adjustment he made he's like all right i don't pay service charge on booze anymore (laughs) he adjusted by just uh responding to every subpoena to pay child support by sending a photo of a shit he took (laughs) he yeah he reminds me of there's a canadian comedian monty scott one time who uh he when it, we went into the bar and he was like when you go into the bar uh can you tell oh. me what beer they have what beer they have in cans and then i was like all right and then i came in and like they got tall ban- they got tall cans of like uh bud and canadian and he's like oh thank god and he opens up his trunk and he had four different two fours 24 set <laughs> beer set cases of uh d- of separate like moosehead which is a canadian beer and then of course canadian and of course budweiser and he was like we're gonna drink in tonight and he just put a bunch in his coat bought one at the bar and just pretended it was the same one all night baby it was the greatest thing i've ever seen in my life uh, i'm not saying that one time i was doing a a, a small town festival in welland ontario with monty scott but someone who may have been involved in that took mushrooms who may was definitely not me and might have been Monty and then said, Betty, you know, they haven't kicked in. I'm all right to drive. And then we hit traffic on the way back to Toronto. And he's like, we got about 20 minutes for me to get off this road because uh, they're starting to kick in. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That that he would get along very well with the Honky Tonk Man. Oh my Tonk God! Man. Also, the Honky Scott would get along with all wrestlers because they would be like, 
Yeah. Oh, I remember we were with the with the fucking British bulldogs and their fucking dog shit somewhere, and then Monty be like, "Buddy, buddy, come on, man. Uh, my mom used to own a monkey named Jack. Grab your ankles, bite you on the fucking leg. Fucking calm down." <laughs> Jack was her gimmick. Do you think they still say gimmicks? Like wrestlers still say gimmicks, or of are they? Of course just they like, do. They of course say it all the time. I want to believe that they're not. I want to believe that they've given up the carny language because it's like everyone knows like everyone know when everyone knows your secret code which is what like shoot and work and all that shit was and then they know your secret language if you still keep speaking it that's so weird like it's i so guarantee that there's weird. a lot of people still saying gimmick and there's like two guys that are just like oh it's over. let's go have the rehearsal in in the performance space that's really good that'd be very, that's something i would like just vince mcmahon wearing a beret Everyone, everyone to stage right. Everyone, everyone quickly. <laughs> Guys, I'm very elated to tell you about Wayne Ferris. He was born January 25th, 1953 in Tennessee on a goddamn cotton farm. Apparently, he only became a fan of wrestling between 10 and 11 because that's when the TV reception got good enough that he could see things on I the mean, TV. Like, they had a TV, but it would just be static. Like, you... You hear about Tennessee, the southern states in the 40s and 50s, and you're just like, what the fuck was going on down there? It's like everyone who went on to have any notoriety is like, oh, well, between the ages of being a womb and 12, I was my dad's only employee in the daytime. And at the nighttime, he just you'd yell punching bag and hit me until I fell asleep or he shit himself from alcoholism. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of great stuff in Wayne Ferris's uh, rear view, such as he was trained by Herb Welch for eight to nine months, and then he was sent to train with Luthez, and Herb told uh, Wayne he's gonna... Ba basically, imagine being told this. This guy who's on TV, this legendary man, is gonna beat you up. Like, he's gonna try and beat you up. Here's the move he's gonna use to try and beat you up. Here's how you counter it. So, Wayne Ferris did that, and Luthez, who many know as a, as a s esteemed actual catch wrestler thought for a second that the honky tonk man had the goods I, you know what <laughs> that is shocking <laughs> you imagine me like that wayne ferris kid he knows his way he knows how to defend himself which he might but i don't think really he does that's shocking what's more shocking is wayne ferris went to college that was what blew my fucking mind like he went to studied health he was a, he could have been a gym teacher imagine how fucking weird that school would have been just every day. That's why he's probably drinking Coors yeah, Light. Every day the gym teacher's just having a Coors Light and just letting everybody know that Hulk Hogan's gay. I mean, that is something that a real gym teacher would also do, John. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, you're right, actually. Who was your gym teacher? Mine was a guy with a crew cut who had a spare tire. Not, not, he wasn't egregiously fat. He just had a spare tire. And, uh, yeah, he just let everyone know that uh, he didn't like them. <laughs> he just... He only liked one kid. Uh, the kid's name was Chris, and he called him by his nickname, which we thought was pathetic. <laughs> We're like, you're calling a 16-year-old, and you can see Chris was like, yeah, man, cool. Like, the 16-year-old had the power in that friendship. What's going on, Flanny? You call him Flanny. <laughs> We're like, hey, he wants to slam you while calling you Flanny. It was good. Um, I've said it on the show before, and I'll say it again. Uh, the dear teacher I remember the most, Mr. White, T 
teacher at Nepean High School in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada in the years uh, 2001 to 2003, and he was dating a student, dating a student. She had graduated and they immediately started dating, and that was his fucking fatal flaw because this guy was a jock piece of shit, and we oh, were yeah. all just fucking dudes in black t-shirts who wanted to say, fuck you to sports. And we all knew that because it was the sister of someone in our grade, and he couldn't do fuck all. Oh, fantastic. I'll never forget one student, I think it was Drew, uh, just while we were running laps, just ran by him and went, go fuck yourself, Mr. White, (laughs) and just kept running, and he just had to take it. You send one of us to the office? Oh, why are you at the office? Oh, I think it's because he's dating a student who graduated four months ago. So let's do some math. He at the best was 27. At the best was 27. If he was 24, he was using sandpaper on his stupid face. She was 100% 18. Ooh. Woo. Yeah, he uh I mean gym teachers, that's the weird thing about uh England versus uh this is the only weird thing. The gym teachers were always the ones trying to date students in North America and England. It could have been any of the teachers. <laughs> only the gym teachers were creeps. And then you'd maybe get a history teacher or two who was looking down a blouse. But also in England, it wasn't dating. They were like, they're just there to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At least in Canada, we honor the the holy bond of Yeah, in Canada, we want a little goddamn romance. (laughs) Yeah. You better be dating that child. You better buy that child a nice fucking dinner, Lewis. Um, Speaking of... Being a molester, of course, Wayne Ferris is related to Jerry the King Lawler. Um, Their heat may stem from the fact that Wayne feels like that he had to always go through Jerry Jarrett uh, when he was working in the Memphis Territory. Um, Wayne Ferris is an interesting contradiction. He was never a good wrestler, but talked about how he constantly returned to wrestling school after being trained to continually hone his skills. Which either he's lying or he was just working a really easy style to make sure that his body state was preserved and he just didn't care about going to the gym. The second one. Yeah, I think it is actually the second one. Did you ever, have you ever watched a Honky Tonk Man match where it's like Bret Hart would talk about this, which is why Honky Tonk Man always like kind of shit on Bret Hart is Bret Hart was like Honky Tonk, the Honky Tonk Man is the lightest worker in the history of pro wrestling. Like watch his punches. He never touches anybody. Like... Mick Foley's punches look like at least he's kind of hitting someone. The the Honky Tonk Man is not. Like, the Honky Tonk Man is, like, just, like, he's only hitting the back of his hand, and if he's hitting the back of his hand, then he'll never bruise it. If he could do that punch a thousand times for a thousand years. Like, he was the complete antithesis, antithesis of the style that all wrestlers wanted, which was, like, really lay it in there, because, goddammit, it might not be... It might be fake, but it's real. Whereas Honky Tonk Man, in my ahead of his time, in my view, basically said, "This is fake. It's all fake. I'm pretending to be Elvis, but I'm fat. It's fake." It's yeah. No, he is very much ahead of his time, uh, especially because he's basically a gimmick that Paulie Heyman would have definitely had in ECW. Only he would have incorporated um, him not ever wanting to do a job. Like, that would be, he'd be like, I don't fucking lay yeah. down, I'm Elvis. And then he'd shake, rattle, and roll, and then 911 would throw him through a brick wall and yeah, fuck yeah, his yeah. wife. He'd, be sta- he'd just be untheatrically stabbed by New Jack. 
and then killed in the middle of the ring. And he New Jack would just from now on just put his like uh his spleen around his neck and it would be one of the fun things he hits the Baldies with. Oh yeah. Week. Fuck God bless the Baldies, because without them, who would have New Jack attempt to murder in the nascent days of ECW? Um New Jack would have worked in any company. Like they really would have worked in any company. I mean, we did a New Jack episode where we talk about this extensively, but I can't believe that they haven't since then just had a song play while a guy beats everybody up. Like, just, oh, that song's pretty catchy. Just keep the song playing while he destroys everybody. Like, that could be Braun Strowman's character tomorrow if they redid it. Oh, the song, you know, you know why anyway, they don't. Anyway, we're talking you know about the, the actually, Spunky actually Spunk know why Man. They don't do that. Do you know why they don't do that? Why? Oh, because they did it one time at a, uh, a WWE house show and New Jack found out about it. And he just fucking cut one of Kevin Dunn's kids. <laughs> cool. It was like the real Austin Pillman thing where it's like, I've got a gun. <laughs> I'm Yeah, at no, your it house. wasn't even that. There was no warning. It's just the kid came home with a fucking big cut on his arm and he's like, What happened? He's like, uh, a man named Jack came to school and said, This is for your dad and did this. <laughs> and now he's dating the yeah, students. Yeah. He then fucked two teachers in front of all of us yelling Woo! Mustafa don't get into this <laughs> shit. <laughs> Did you know that 10 years this guy was a goddamn wrestler, Honky Tonk Man was, before he ever fucking went to the WWF? I didn't know that I at all. So I knew that he was a territory guy and had wrestled. In I didn't know he was like the top of the territories. Well, but again, it's one of those things that you have to, that we I constantly have to remind myself is, of course, like, of course, all the WWF guys that were part of that first big surge had come from other places. They were older and all were, like, they either all had their style and their styles were all so different. And it was, of course, you'd go to the WWF because the WWF is like, oh, you're going to be on the road 300 days a year, but you're actually going to get fucking paid. This is the thing that no one talks about. Of course you'd go to the WWF. They're actually a company as opposed to every other wrestling corporation, uh, company, every other wrestling territory in America literally just was like, it's a guy you've got to find. That's... So smart. I've never heard anyone say it that plainly, which is literally, you could call a number and then talk to a secretary, and then that person would put you on hold, and then you'd talk to Vince McMahon. There's a system in place, not like, yeah, I hear he's down at the gas station. You have to remember, one of Jim Crockett's big things about buying the UWF is he's like, we need to have an office building. Do you understand how stupid that is? You're like, I know how to compete. We need to buy an office. Why don't you just rent an office, you old fuck? I do, I do, do. That so makes no I'm sense. I'm wearing a mink coat. You- Someone quickly. We need. I need to buy a, te- a telephone company. I need a secretary. Um, that's my Jim Crockett impression. It's very. Uh, Wayne Ferris bounced around the territories a lot. He had a big problem with Jerry Jarrett, as we've covered. A- Based on his time in the Memphis Territory, he felt that he had to go through Jerry Jarrett too often to get booked in Memphis, which I love as as an initial criticism. He's just like, my cousin made me talk to this fucking guy who always wears dark glasses. Like, the first job this dude has in wrestling, though, is he's the fucking... He's put to, he's put together a tag team called the Blonde Bombers with Larry Latham. That's a fucking name right there. No, no timed. His manager was fucking Danny Davis. And they won the titles within two years of him being a wrestler in a match against Lawler and Bill Dundee, which even though it's kind of like the booking here is a lot like I would say the Spirit Squad, where it's like just by association, they're with the two strongest people in that promotion. 
And just by association, they're already top guys. Like, even though Spirit Squad just lost to DX for uh, three months, they were still like, oh, the Spirit Squad, they're at the top of the fucking I never heat. understand, this is just a sidebar that I've wanted to talk about for a while. I've never understood why the Spirit Squad gets considered one of the worst gimmicks the WWE's ever done. Like, it's actually was like, yeah, they're a bunch of evil male cheerleaders that do weird moves, and there's five of them, but they act as one mind. I'm like, that isn't that, like... What are you talking about? This is this isn't a bad idea from the WWE's perspective. I think it's literally it's just if Triple H or Shawn Michaels don't like something, it's then immediately in the top five of the worst ideas the WWE's ever done. Even though most of the worst ideas I think that they've ever made creatively involve Triple H. For example, making him seem like he's the Hulk Hogan of the company when he is clearly the Big John Stud. Of the Attitude Era and also the PG Listen, Era and also right now. I think that the Spirit Squad thing, the reason why everyone hated it, was be- not because of the gimmick itself. I think it was because of the where it was placed and I think it was the people they used. Like they, The Spirit Squad being like, you know, four to five, I forget how many there were, male cheerleaders who exactly act as a hive mind is not a bad idea. But you want to stick that in the mid card and you don't want to use dudes who actually have futures such as like uh, Mike and Mike Mondo was in that um, who like eventually was good in ROH but got out of wrestling Kenny Doan who like only now is like 30 I think like I think he was like 19 in there. And then, uh, so was Dolph Ziggler. And it took so much, like, now that you've been a excited male cheater leader, it, t- it took Dolph Ziggler, like, two solid years to not be the Nick Nemeth anymore. Do you know? Like, that's really, I think, why. It's like if three count was Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying the Spirit Squad had that much. Again. Right there, that right there. That's the greatest staple I've ever heard of in my entire life. Three count is Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels. Just the idea of those three guys trying to sing, I would never stop watching that promo. Christopher Daniels would have been I fantastic. You're the 100% other two, right. very bad. Christopher Daniels, it, it literally would have just done some amazing moves, and it turns out he's a fucking perfect alto soprano, and then. <laughs> and then Samoa Joe would try and sing and he would do that thing that people do when they really can't sing where he just talks he's just like here to bust a move I don't like this but Wayne Ferris did not like Jerry Lawler he then rescinded that essentially in later once obviously once your fucking cousin has a heart attack you're gonna sing a better song but it's been seven years since he basically said like he was a huge influence on me in the ring and out. I think his problem is, and I think it is a problem, obviously, in any business, is if you go into business with your family, they're going to be ex- expecting you to treat them like they're your family. And there's no way to be like, at the dinner table, we're cousins, but right now, you're the guy who loses to me. And the honky-tonk man, for all that he is, for being the lightest worker and for being Mr., I would say legit the face of being a mid-carder, lower mid-carder even, never wanted a job to anybody. Like, the WWF deal he made is I never lose on TV, and then he made the exact same deal in WCW, which we'll talk about. But this is a guy who never really wanted to lose at all or look worse than anybody. 
So the Blonde Bombers go to uh, NWA uh, the win the Mid America Tag Team Championship. Uh, they defeated George Goulas and Ken Lucas for the titles in 1979. So they're getting some good play, and they moved into the AWA and also won the tag titles there. Oh yeah, and uh, do you understand how fucking crazy it is that Vern Gagne that we like literally was like <laughs> gave the honky tonk man a title? Yeah, that he it was like, amazing. That he literally he was like. Uh, I think that Ric Flair's a bit up himself. But that guy who just told my son that he better fucking act up or he's going to get a fucking fistful of fucking knuckle. Mm, he's got he's got moxie. <laughs> that guy who told my son to hold his beer while he breaks all his toys. <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> I'm going to smash your yeah. toys. You don't deserve toys. Honky Tonk Man. I just like the idea of, for some reason, he's making people hold his beer while he does something horrible. Hey, hey, I won't put the cigarette out on your girlfriend. Hold my beer. What? Okay. Hold my beer. I'm going to put a cigarette out on that cunt you call a slut. Honky Tonk Man. (laughs) Um, Again, but it's also Vern Gagne who constantly talked about it was about the work rate. Never forget about the work rate. Always remember to never forget to always make sure the work rate is great. That he saw the honky tonk man wrestle and was just like, that's a goddamn fucking shit. Like, Billy Robertson and Wayne Ferris had to pass each other in the hallway. Billy Robertson is literally looking for someone to get out. And Wayne Ferris is like, I think I've worked, I figured out a way to wrestle where I actually touch no other human being. <laughs> That's what I really love about him because – so he's a smart guy because he realizes I don't want to be a tag wrestler for the rest of my life and there's no real money in just being like the tag team that gets the belt just to lose it. So he starts working on the Honky Tonk Man gimmick. Uh, the nexus of the gimmick essentially is a wrestling fan named Linda Marks give him a, gifted him a gold jumpsuit as a Christmas gift and Robert Fuller, who he worked for extensively – told him to start hitting people with guitars. Now, he wor- he moves right to Stampede Wrestling, which he fucking hated because Stu Hart yeah. was there. And he did And Stu Hart went, hey, can I hang out alone with you? And then beat him up because that's what Stu Hart does. And, uh, when, uh, with the, uh, you're in a, uh, you get under... And we don't like music in Canada. It distracts from the slapping noise. Uh, <laughs> that is uh, me... Making you feel like a small, small boy. <laughs> I like that him and the him and Dynamite Kid. He's like, oh, Dynamite Kid was a great worker, but junior heavyweights have no place in the main event. So it's like the Honky Tonk Man was wrong, but also the Dynamite Kid was just like getting a bunch of cats people had addicted to crack cocaine. So they were both wrong. I like I that. I want to let you know that uh, cats cannot actually get addicted to any drug, and I knew that because I've been injecting two of them with steroids. Granted, one of them is now named <laughs> Smith, and I'm raising him as my son, but still. Yeah, I like that uh, he, Stu goes to, uh, he says... He talks about meeting Stu, saying Stu touched his torso, said he looked good, and then repeated to slide on a hold and stretch him. I really like that idea. You look good. (laughs) Or that Wayne Ferris was a gay man, and he really thought he was about to have sex with Stu Hart, and then Stu Hart started doing his thing, which is pain. (laughs) I love it. I really, I just, listen, it's one of those things where the more we learn about Stu Hart, the more that is discussed, the more it's like... You'd think that this would actually illuminate anything about this man, but it just makes it more confusing. Stu Hart found a profession where he can bring people to the brink of death 
and people just think of it as a kink, a kook, a kooky yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine it? If Jeffrey Dahmer, like Jeffrey Dahmer got drunk and essentially just opened people up just to see what was inside, it just basically would be if Jeffrey Dahmer just worked uh, as a mortician. Like, that's all he had to do. (laughs) All he had to do was just get a job around some dead bodies where it's like, hey, buddy, this one's done. Family doesn't care. Get Get into it, baby. And he would have been like, nice. And no one would have died. And that's what Stu Hart did. If Stu Hart didn't have professional wrestling, he would have just been, you know, he would have just got been arrested a ton of times for trying to put, like, an ankle lock on a guy in a bar fight and then getting bottled. Listen, by the I see what friend. you're saying, and I have to agree up to an extent. I do think that Stu Hart definitely killed some people. Like, at the very least, you know, Smith Hart is his, like, his living legacy on this planet where he's like... He's still alive in terms of a heartbeat, but his brain is perfectly empty. <laughs> uh, killing people is easy, I think, the reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking a life is something anyone can do. Ruining a life, that, that, <laughs> that's where it really the real pickle. <laughs> All right, so through. His connections in Stampede Wrestling, uh, the Honky Tonk Man debuts in the World Wrestling Federation in 1986, which we will talk about after this lovely, lovely hey, break. Wayne, guess what? I'm sending you up to New- down to New York because you have black hair, which makes you a fucking Jew. <laughs> after the break! I've been, uh, I've, been sl- I've been putting a cup on my skin mound where my dick is. So it actually makes my cock bigger. That's the start of this ad. Oh, Please go to patreon.com backslash wrestler review <laughs> and, and donate to us. $5 gets you exclusive access to our Patreon feed and episodes ahead of time. For 25 bucks, you can select a wrestler to review. One guy did buck zoom off who's a pedophile rapist and we still reviewed him. God damn it. We have no allegiances. Go to Patreon to hear the Buck Zoom Off episode, also known as the time where two friends are pushed to the fucking edge. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Patreon.com backslash rest review or rate us on iTunes. Subscribe. Throw yourself out a fucking window. Who gets a shit? It is. I want to get this year right. I always get it wrong. 1986. 1986. I always think he comes in in 1987, Dylan. I'm such a silly boy. Well, because it's September. 28th 1986 so it's almost 87 he debuts on wrestling challenge he basically got his job by the way he's a great friend with yeah he's a hulk hogan Hogan boy which you can also see because he ends up in wcw and he does turn on hogan eventually but very softly because he knows what side his bread is buttered on like from this point on it's basically this is what i think hogan knows which is like put this guy in the mid card he's not going to affect um uh he's not going to affect my ability to earn some sweet sweet cheddar on top and he isn't going to outwork me he's the perfect person to be going on two matches before hulk hogan because he's essentially just going to flap around his arms and then get out of the ring and cut a promo with jimmy hart and then hogan can go in and do the same thing plus leg drop and look like a fucking genius yeah Exactly. Yeah. But he's uh, debuted as a fan favorite 
And as you've all heard, I'm assuming if you listen to anything about Honky Tonk Man, it immediately flops because as Honky tells Vince McMahon, he's like, I haven't worked in a baby face basically since I've been a wrestler. I don't know how to do it. But Vince saw all the marketing, the marketing uh, that they could have done with obviously like even releasing a song, um, releasing Honky Tonk jackets like he just saw ad money all over this shit. But finally, 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 they turn him heel, and they do it in a really cool way, I think, which is they ask fans to vote of this number if they like the Honky Tonk Man or if they don't, and obviously the numbers come back very, very bad for the Honky Tonk Man. He gets mad at the fans and tells them they ain't nothing. I mean, it's the best in the entire world, and also probably was not a, uh, uh, a gimmick. It was probably just... Three people called in, and he didn't even know that that was happening. And then they were like, oh, this is a good convenience. Like, I guarantee that Wayne Ferris was more than prepared to tell anonymous strangers they're not nothing, and it had nothing to do with a phone call, a uh, phone poll. <laughs> well, that was that was a, it was a fake number, apparently. So, of course. Because I, I don't, but I don't know why, given how cartoony wrestling is, it's like, just make a real number, and then it costs a dollar. Like, what? When has wrestling... Did they put that together only in the 90s that hotlines were the be- the greatest way to make free money? Uh yeah. Well, it was it, the 80s was the beginning of understanding um this nonsense. And a lot of these nerd culture things also got manipulated very easily. For example, they've now it's taken them a long time, but they've now basically figured out so DC did a similar thing which was fans decide Robin dies for Batman for the yeah. Jason Todd Robin and they yeah. got an overwhelming amount of calls for kill him, so they did. And it was only years later that they got the records, and basically one fan just called, uh, set up an auto dialer and called an alarming amount of time. <laughs> I like Isn't that. Isn't it great? Like, they're like, no, it was like 18,000 times. What a like, piece like, of shit. This guy spent That's a great. lot of money to make sure that we killed Jason Todd. He just wanted he just wanted kids to be sad, and now he yeah. has. I, I don't have enough time to make my son cry every day, so I have to spread the work around. <laughs> so check this out. Um, the Honky Tonk Man and David Schultz insist that uh, the idea of WrestleMania right down to the celebrities was uh, David Schultz's idea and they say that Schultz was supposed to be in the main event but then he hit John Stossel have you heard anything else oh about my this? god well I've heard that David Schultz claims a variety of things one he claimed this is how I pitched Mr. T coming into the WWF Vince I said Dr. D Mr. T and then he was like, oh, yeah, I love it. Um, he also, by the way, claims that he came up with WrestleMania, Hulkamania, the idea of using ropes in the ring, and uh, Ric Flair wearing a robe and trunks. Before Ric Flair met uh, Dave Schultz, he was just naked in the ring. <laughs> I like that. that. And I also came up with George Hackenschmidt. Yeah. He, before him, there was That's no belt. me too. You just, you got the title. You were called the champ. And he's like, we got to get fucking belts so people know that our trousers stay up. (laughs) Honky Tonk Man goes into his first feud, which is against Jake the Snake Roberts. This feud had a big impact on me because one of the only tapes I owned, VHS wrestling tapes, was Jake the Snake Roberts uh his first couple years in the wwf and good fucking gr- god 
did Jake the Snake Roberts. This is the Honky Tonk Man hitting him in the head with the guitar on the snake pit. Uh, what did it, it compressed a bunch of his vertebrae and led to his lifelong pill addiction? Yo. Oh yeah, and by the way, does the Honky Tonk Man claim that? Uh, no, the guitar was gimmicked. Even though if you watch the tape, it is not because it doesn't make it makes the noise of a guitar hitting something and it's brutal yeah it's fiberglass he hits him with like a ton of fucking oh, fiberglass it's because it, it, it makes a like it makes this weird like noise like you're just like boop all right yeah shut it down shut it the fuck down yeah he did the, the guitar wasn't gimmicked they basically asked a pa to go get a guitar and he was new to wrestling and got them a real guitar no one knew and uh fucking honky tonk man smokes him with it Jake the Snake was picking pieces of the guitar out of his skin for, like he said, about two weeks afterwards. And, yeah, started a huge, huge, huge painkiller addiction that troubles him to this day. Isn't that fun? I loved it. I loved everything about it. I also loved that um, um, the Honky Tonk Man has made up with so many people, yet at the same time is still like, yeah, but Jake the Snake's a pussy. That's great Isn't stuff. that good stuff? I really like... I really like how Honky Tonk Man seemingly has no friends except for the other guys who claim they invented wrestling. Yeah, that's a ve- that's very funny. He has no friends. <laughs> You'd never see the Honky Tonk Man do a shoot interview with somebody. It's always just him alone with his hair done up, but the reg- but the rest of his suit is like a guy going to get just one thing from a convenience store. Like, it's perfect. Uh, I don't need to put on jeans. I'm just going to get milk. Like, that's how he dresses right now. Yeah, I just want to let everybody know I'm not I'm not here to talk. I'm here for you to cry. I'm here to explain to you why. Why Jerry the King's a pedophile, but when I do it, it's kinky. Honky tonk, uh, People don't understand that if you're going to fuck a child, if you yell prank war first, it's not illegal. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> At some point, you just tell them it's a prank and then it's fun. Honky tonk, man. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, Dylan. Well, add that to the list of things that will be trotted out onto TMZ if I ever appear on a late show doing stand-up comedy. Oh, well, this, the whole podcast will shut down if that ever happens. I, I cannot, I cannot um, wait for either one of us to have any moment of notoriety because this is what I'm just going to do. I, like, As soon as they're like, is it true that you said this? All I'm going to look into the camera and go, if you think that this is even the beginning... You don't fucking know what you're in for. <laughs> don't worry. If you ever get on a late show, I assume it'll be because Alex Jones got a late night. Oh talk my show. god, I couldn't wait. Yeah, up late with a man with um, a, a man who's clearly going through a psychotic break. By the way, if you are listening to this show, I cannot, I cannot recommend enough. You listen to Alex Jones on the Joe Rogan um, podcast don't for no other it. reason that within two minutes he goes. A lot of my beliefs come from the fact that I was a very young man. And bear in mind, a lot of his, the stuff he said that's really fucking crazy was in the last two years. So he's just like, I was 44, you know. Barely, I was just a lad in the city. Oh. Mwah. Here's what I really, really like is that just, all right, if you guys, right, if you guys out there are thinking like, maybe I don't want to, I do want to listen to the Joe Rogan, Alex Jones. Here's what you do, right? You should look at how much time of your life that would take. Oh, no, 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 no. By which I mean the time signature on the podcast is four hours and 48 minutes. Oh, by the way, you need to listen to exactly the first 10 minutes. Uh, The the rest of it is just that for another four hours and 
a 14 minute. Joe Rogan is a man with things to do, and he was like, you know what? I don't need to talk to my wife for another two hours. Alex Jones is talking about, I don't know, the fucking sky being gay <laughs> or whatever. If you look at the sky, that makes you like to suck dicks. Here's another bunch of things that make me want to suck dicks. But it knows that trans Men people are the caring. army. <laughs> um, the Hockey Tonk Man won the Intercontinental title. Did you know you that, know, John? I, I did know that, but I also did not know that. That's really good stuff. So here's uh, here's how his, uh, by his own words, here's how his IC title run came about. It was, in bookings gone past, Vince's father's way of doing things, as it was with a lot of other promoters and bookers, they would tell you, yes, we will start you uh, on a title run on this date, and in six to eight months from now, or 13 months from now, you're going to finish. I went to Puerto Rico, and I had a starting date, and they told me, like, nine months. When I went there, it would be, uh, sorry, I went there like it would be nine months later, I'd be leaving this on the particular month, on this particular weekend, and this was when I was going out. This is how they did it. But no, when it came to what we did, the way Vince Jr. was doing it, it was strictly on ticket sales. It was like, hey, if you can get the job done, you're going to run with it. And that was the whole thing with me. When they mentioned Butch Reed's not here and they're in a panic situation because Butch was going to get the belt from Steamboat and he wasn't there, he went AWOL that night. I just happened to walk by and Hogan and Vince were talking and Hogan said, what about this guy? And Vince took a look and said, all right, maybe so. And he pulled me off to the side and mentioned to me about the belt. I said, hey, Vince, I told you when I first came here, if you give me a chance and I do good, pay me. If I don't do good and I can make it, fire me and I'll be gone. And that's pretty much how he got the title. It's just a bunch of happenstance where basically, like, he was, um, they were going to give it to Butch Reed. Butch Reed wasn't there. Uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, of course, t- uh, left shortly after WrestleMania. No, 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 no. It's so much better why he left. You can't gloss over why Ricky the Dragon Steamboat left. It's the best. Why? He got the belt and then walked backstage and said, oh, I need to, I need to go on vacation. My wife insists we go on holiday. And Vince was like, what? No, you're, fuck you. And he was like, I can't. Vince, my wife. And then he, he like the WWE was like, get the fuck out of here. And then he left. That's and great. that is, it's one of those ones where you, Ooh, I have a wife. I love my wife. Get the fuck out of here. Huh? Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> Suck my fucking dick, your fucking wife. I got news for you. I'm on the WWE side. We just built for a year this giant program. You're now the number two guy in the company. The day we do this, you just go, oh, by the way, I got to go for a bit. No, you don't. Stay here. Of course you're on the WWE side. Mr. Corporate John That's Hastings. That's right. I respect the thing known as the free market. <laughs> Capitalism John Hastings. If you didn't want businesses to be free, then why did you make them people? Go ahead, Dylan. <laughs> no, so by the way, Vince McMahon must have regretted putting the fucking Intercontinental title on the Honky Tonk Man because he's like, oh, this is easy. This guy will love the opportunity. Not understanding, it's just like, oh, God. The confidence monster just got all of his secret wishes confirmed. That is absolutely true because the Honky Tonk Man, Jesus fucking Christ, holds this title for so long and they were going to give it to Jake Roberts, but of course Jake Roberts is in and out of rehab and uh, he has a bunch of challengers. They're ba- they're going to give the title back to Macho Man when Macho Man's a babyface, but Hulk Hogan 
is going to do some goddamn movies, so they put the world title on Macho Man. Yes, but Man. you know what uh, they, what he claim, the Honky Tonk Man claims about that? It's, it's the best. That he wouldn't goddamn lie I down. I wouldn't lie down him. because Macho Man went and had a meeting with Dick Ebersol. You're going to talk about me? You better fucking call me. You better fucking call me. I'm the Honky Tonk I'm Man. I'm fucking Honky Tonk Man. You're talking to fucking Billy NBC. You better fucking let me know I'm going to be involved. But Honky Tonk Man very much is like, not, is like, Viewed as a big deal here because, you know, the WrestleMania 3 thing they do is with uh, him, uh, his manager, obviously, Jimmy Hart and Alice Cooper. So that's a big part of the show. He has Jimmy Hart as his manager, um, who's like a rising star in the WWF. Um, He has Peggy Sue, who we've done a, we mentioned that on our Sherry Martell episode, is obviously Sherry Martell. But apparently the Peggy Sue thing was dropped because Sherry Martell loved them pills, baby. I think it's more just anyone who spends a lot of time with the Honky Tonk Man is like, God damn it, give me a fucking Perkadan. It's probably, yeah, it's probably the worst. It's probably the fucking worst. Yeah, it's like probably like hanging out with you. And then he says that uh, he basically wanted to rebrand uh, Honky Tonk Man. I mean, Man. this is the craziest thing he's ever said. How do you rebrand your character, which is I'm Elvis? I'm the Beatles now. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't like the. I mean, very. This is from our beautiful, vivacious researcher Christopher Hobson. Says basically that all the things that Honky claims are pretty much checked out. Oh, this is that's the craziest part about it. Yeah, he just doesn't really lie. Other than the David Schultz shit, which maybe that is true. Like, who knows? It's way easier to say Howard Finkel came up with the idea of WrestleMania, the name WrestleMania, than saying Dave Schultz did it because Howard Finkel's always going to be with the fucking company. Yeah. Also, fun fact, who used to order the Wrestling Observer for the WWF? This is my favorite thing. Howard, Howard Finkel. Finkel. Subscriptions. Weird. Yeah, they needed more than one copy, baby. <laughs> it's so weird that he, Dave Meltzer, just was like, the origin of the Wrestling Observer was like, hey, do you guys still like wrestling? And his friends were like, not really. And he's like, I made a newsletter. So first of all, first of all, already this is an unrealistic conversation. The idea that fucking disco dave Meltzer has friends he was saying that to his reflection in a mirror that he had just cleaned <laughs> i lick the mirror clean and then we turn the faucet on and then we write the wrestling and then we lick the mirror clean it's a perfect system hello mirror hello mirror dave that goes the wrong way i just wanted to let you know that that thing that we love that everyone loves i'm now going to be the walter cronkite of it <laughs> baby 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 so who does he lose the world of fucking intercontinental title to ultimate John? warrior now there is um after how many days how many fucking days was it exactly 454 is days is he still the longest reigning intercontinental championship or champion or is the modern era of wwe where they literally just forget titles exist for years at a time led no, this was there was special mention named of it basically where it's uh, Santino Morella had the Intercontinental title just by happenstance because they didn't put it on TV for a while and they had a honky meter where he was calculating the days uh, how long he had been the champion. So no, like no, they have not forgotten. They will never forget. He still has the longest reign, by the way. Holy fuck! Yeah, yeah of course he does. They they're not gonna ever ever challenge that you'd say that they finally beat the demolition record and all that sort of stuff they did but that's like a title like like i don't ever think i think if they wanted to they totally could but 
they don't think they will because it's there's always going to be a reason to switch the Intercontinental title on some onto somebody to give them a bit of a boost, and they'll always take that because they don't really value titles that much anymore, which is fine and good. It's not good. It's stupid, and I don't like it. Go ahead, Dylan. No, it's fine and good. The free market dictates uh, how many people should die. I agree. All of them, except for you and me, baby, and then we'll do this podcast for ourselves the way we should, together, naked. So he beat... He beats him in, he 31, beats him in 31 seconds. seconds. By the way, there's a rumor that they picked the Ultimate Warrior because the Ultimate Warrior wouldn't be afraid to actually just hurt the Honky Tonk Man, so he would cooperate. <laughs> um, and also, the reason why it was 31 seconds is this was the effort to keep the Ultimate Warrior over in that he was just given basically the Road Warrior push, which is like, go in there, hurt someone, get out of there, baby. Yep. And I got to tell you, it's fucking great. The, the noise that they... Keep in mind, this is the height of Hulkamania, and the noise that crowd makes... Woo! They are ready to oh, yeah. see some fucking warrior, baby. He uh, he absolutely fucking murders him. Honky Tonk Man claims that he wanted to keep it really, really short because he was afraid the Ultimate Warrior would seriously injure him, and he almost did. Yeah. He immediately moves into a feud with uh, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and he loses the feud because Vince McMahon doesn't care about him anymore. He, of course, forms a tag team called Rhythm and Bruise with Greg the Hammer Valentine. This is another match I had on a tape, and uh, <laughs> I love the Honky Tonk Man was no longer even close to being the star of the tag team because Greg Valentine trying to be like a '50s greaser was all I all I ever loved as a kid. Do you know how long it took them to get him to put the fucking suit on? Like they were a tag team for a good nine months before he dyed his hair or got any suit. Before it was like it's rhythm and blues. It's a man who's Elvis and his sad friend who's on heroin. It's so funny because I loved it because I loved it because it was like, yeah, this is an Elvis impersonator and a, clearly a man in crisis. <laughs> like something went wrong at home and he's like, I'm a greaser now. Why? Because I'm almost 40 and you just die at the end of it, don't you? You just fucking drop dead die. A statistical possibility that Greg the Hammer Valentine does not know what music is. <laughs> Yeah, the fucking banging. Don't like yeah, it. Yeah, the thing that ruins when you're just trying to think of nothing. Ah, uh, fuck it. Great Hammer Valentine is one of those guys where it's like, I've never seen someone so visibly the victim of uh, abuse. Like you're, It's like, yeah, his dad clearly just would grab him by the face and go, I'm better than you, motherfucker, every day of his life. And then his dad was paralyzed in a car in a plane accident. And he's like... Now I have to replace my dad. <laughs> I mean, he's, how would you say this? The best wrestler of all time, John. He's the Dylan God of professional wrestling. He's absolutely the Dylan God of professional wrestling. He's he's the king of Both wrestling. Both of them are peed on a lot by juggalos. <laughs> Greg Valentine, listen to our Greg the Hammer Valentine episode for more oh, on yeah. that. So, Greg Valentine uh, did not want to dye of his hair black. Of course not. And... And did not want to be in this tag team. They put them back with Jimmy Hart, and they debuted a new song in WrestleMania Six. They came down to the ring in a in a pink driven Cadillac, by driven by Diamond Dallas Page. Very good. What was the song they debuted? Hunka Hunka Honky Love. Oh my God! By the way, they put that song over so much on that broadcast. I was watching WrestleMania Six recently because I'm a fucking bad motherfucker, and just hearing Gorilla Monsoon constantly say Hunka Hunka is just. Because you can just tell that he just wants to be like, honky's what the black people call me. But he, does, he doesn't do it. 
He was in the 1990 Survivor Series match where they debuted The Undertaker, which is a fun yeah. little thing. And they basically curtail off like he doesn't. Um, he do They we don't care of about. Of course, you. he just kind of leaves. And then he comes into WCW in 1994 because Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan comes into WCW with guaranteed money with the craziest deal where it's like, if a pay-per-view makes money, then not only do I get pay-per-view points, but I get, like, ticket sales. I get half of my own merch. Not gross. Or, sorry, not net yeah. gross. Like, he made all these crazy deals where it's like, impossible for WCW to really even make money. And then, baby, and then, baby, one of the right near the end of the contract was you got to hire the Nasty Boys, the Honky Tonk Man, and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And do they ever hire the Honky Tonk Man? And Honky Tonk Man <laughs> comes in. Like, it's so funny that he's being done a favor and he should come in so low status. Like, I'll do anything you ask. Thank you so much for this opportunity. But Honky Tonk Man comes in. He's like, first thing, I'm not losing to Johnny B sucking a bunch of dicks. Second thing, see first thing. Third thing, where's your wife? She needs come. <laughs> Woo, Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> I ain't going to fuck her. She's too ugly. I got a fucking bucket of it. I'll just smear it on her jugs. Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> I just like the idea of the Honky Tonk Man. Ends every introduction by making sure you know he's named Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> he's a lot about branding the Honky Tonk Man. You got chicken fried steak <laughs> Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> honky Tonk Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a Big Mac, small fries, medium Coke, extra Honky Tonk Man. All I'm looking to do is let you know that I am addicted to Heron Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> honky tonk <Yeah>. man <laughs> no i don't have money i just give me the goddamn cocaine honky tonk <laughs> i'm the only guy to show up to a wedding and take gifts not leave one honky tonk man <laughs> oh shit free gifts honky tonk <laughs> man <laughs> you're stupid so they want to not leave your car in the garage it's mine honky tonk man <laughs> <laughs> this is so they ask him to job to Johnny B. Bad with no contract, and he wanted a contract before he jobbed to Tonky Tonk Man. It's like, just take the About money. him jobbing the, like the Honky Tonk Man? It was just him saying slurs and Eric Bischoff trying to look the other way. I don't want my skin to get dirty. No, oh god, he'll shower. That's not what it's about. I love, love, love that he never wanted to lose. Like, the only character that will never lose, like even Hulk Hogan is self-aware enough to know that you got to lose sometimes and there's a way to massage around it where you can then look like the winner. But the fact that the Elvis impersonator was the guy who never wanted to lose is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, of course. He's like, I guarantee you he's like, did Elvis lose? No, neither did I. <laughs> the only thing I lose to is a toilet when I die on it. Honky tonk, man. What? Why pissed in your wife? Because she looks like a urinal honky tonk man. <laughs> <laughs> well, she shouldn't have been so fucking ugly then, honky tonk man. I didn't shit in her because I do that sometimes to urinals. Honky -tonk <laughs> <man>. <laughs> no, don't. You said something earlier. I forget about pedophilia. That was oh, way yeah. worse. Anyway, it's the Attitude Era. What are you gonna do? Make sure the Honky Tonk Man is not involved because he will, and I'm quoting now, take it to a level no one's comfortable with. 
there you go, baby. But they don't do that. They do the exact opposite. Honky Tonk Man is the manager for Billy Gunn, who is known as Rockabilly. This is pre... Oh, by the way, Eric Bischoff said the only person he ever enjoyed firing was the Honky Tonk Man, which I 100%... That's not That's true. 100- Eric Bischoff enjoyed firing every staff worker who I get, fuck Yeah, him. but here's the thing. But he wouldn't call that enjoy. The idea that like that noted sociopath and swinger du jour Eric Bischoff was like, oh, I, br- I got joy out of making a lot of people concerned about their future. But I only remember the joy I got from one man. And it was from the Honka Talk man half wearing an Elvis jumpsuit being like, let me tell you why the Giants doing a job for me. <laughs> I love it. I love the fact that the Honky Tonk man, just honest to God, is like, I'm the manager, yeah, but I pin the man I manage every match. Honky yeah, Tonk Man. I'm both the referee and Ted Turner Honky Tonk Tonk Man. <laughs> he made an appearance in the 98 Rumble. Of course, uh, there was a huge flop of uh, Rockabilly, and they went to form the New Age Outlaws. How created the New Age? The New Age, Out- New Age Outlaws are a spinoff tag team. They were originally so. Road Dog is called the Road Dog because he was originally the Roadie. He was Jeff Jarrett's Roadie, and it was revealed actually saying not Jeff Jarrett. And Billy yeah. Gunn was Rockabilly, and basically he's like, it's the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. He's managed by the Honky Tonk Man. How they got together is the Road Dog and Rockabilly beat the fuck out of Honky Tonk Man. And the next we were like, we're not the Roadie and Rockabilly. We're the Road Dog, and he's a badass. That's so funny. Yeah, and that was literally... He's a badass now. He doesn't even care a bit about 50s rock and roll. <laughs> he doesn't care about golden oldies. He cares oldies. about late 90s rock and roll. Spit out some of that sweet, sweet lip dip biscuit. Um, and yeah, so then they became the New Age Outlaws. And the New Age Outlaws, and by the way, didn't have music at first. That's why the fucking Road Dog would talk his way to the ring. Because they were like, these fucking scrubs aren't going anywhere. And then, they, oh boy, did they become the third hottest thing of the Attitude Era at first. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Yeah, they were literally, yeah, for, there was a time where it was like feasibly the, if they, if Vince McMahon valued tag team wrestling more than he, like, as equal to singles wrestling, he would have had the New Age Outlaws headlines and pay-per-views. The New Age Outlaws were over more than Hunter Hearst Helmsley for, like, a six-month period. It's I'll just that. You, I will give you the... He was lucky the New Age Outlaws joined DX because I think that the DX got a rub well, off he, of Well, he wanted that. Yeah, of course. He- yeah, that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And the, it's just the New Age Outlaws were booked to be like, they basically just took stunners. That's all that happened. Billy Gunn took more stunners than anyone in the world, and then that's why. But the weird thing is like, no, we'll talk about the New Age Outlaws another time. But anyway, uh, Honky Tonk Man. Of course, uh, he's done a couple shots. He's independent rest. He's been on the independent circuit. Uh, he is the independent oh, wrestling boy, circuit, I should say. This is so easy to get Honky Tonk Man booked. He used to do the intro to this show. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> that was free too. Yeah. That was yeah. It wasn't like we paid for that. It was literally, we knew someone who was working with him at a comedy club where he mostly talked about how Shawn Michaels is gay, and he just said, why wouldn't I do that? The Wrestler Review. <laughs> the seven, two, 
2008, he almost got his hand cut off because of uh, an incident at a Boston pizza in Prince Edward Island in New Brunswick. In New Brunswick. Prince Edward Island, Canada. Honky Tonk Man is, as of this recording, still going to be in the Hall of Fame class. I say that because oh. they might still find shoot interviews where he talks about how Bret Hart's a fucking pussy because he had a stroke and uh, Jerry Lawler is a pedophile and so many crazy fucking things the Honky Tonk Man has said, uh, such as his his appearance in several insane clown posse music videos and other things. But he still he still considers Hulk Hogan the best wrestler of all time. So Harley Race and Hulk Hogan, best wrestlers of all time. I so. cannot wait for this speech. This speech is going to be nuts. Like he's going to walk out. And well, hello New York. I'm not here to fuck a Jew broad. Any of you. Italian, like it's just gonna be <laughs> what the fuck? How? All right, I think this is the craziest thing. The Honky Tonk Man has been married since 1984. 35 years, Honky Tonk Man married to the same woman. That's like that poor woman. He was married once when he was a kid, and then he divorced that lady and found the love of his life, Tammy, who I'm assuming is like either so normal or so nuts. And I really hope you it's know nuts. that you know that Tammy is that like that. This pussy squeezed out more than a couple fucking man shits. Tammy. Tammy's, you know that, you know women who have that fucking hunt thousand yard stare and then just like their response to something is to a question no one's asked. Tammy, did you get the juice? Yeah, 9-11. <laughs> you can call me a Tammy, but given how fucking ugly you are, maybe don't call me ever. Yeah. Tammy. Ah. <laughs> uh, how about this? Your kids fail in math because of God. Tammy Tonk Man. One <laughs> <laughs> of my kids to learn history, I would introduce them to their grandfather, who was in the Civil War, I think. <laughs> Tammy Tonk Man. <laughs> I would believe her last name is Tonk Man. <laughs> Honey, you're going to have to do something that's the next logical step. Your last name is Tonk Man now. Honky Tonk Man. I agree with that. Tammy Tonk I Man. I guarantee that he made her take his name and his his legal name isn't Wayne Fair. Like he, you know he has a driver's license. This first man honky, last name Tonk Man. <laughs> I mean, Tammy Ferris is also a name that just is like, <laughs> just... <laughs> you can't you can't own a home and be named I'm Tammy Ferris. Just does anyone is anyone else picturing large glasses and smoking inside? Like that's just, uh, all I'm seeing from Tammy Ferris. Either that or cool and pies on the windowsill completely normal. Like there's no in between. There's either it's either literally the uh girl from Natural Born Killers or the mom from Leave It to Beaver and there's no in between. I'm going to just see if I can see a photo of her online which I should have done earlier. While you do that, I'll tell you no, my favorite thing. No, if you look up the honky tonk man. man's wife, all you get is a lot of photos of him signing ladies' boobs. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Um, my favorite thing about the Honky Tonk Man is the shake, rattle, and roll finisher. I love the fact that he did the whole dance every time. Uh, my favorite thing about the Honky Tonk Man he is... He did the whole dance Very similar time. to Dylan's, which is he's the only man who was a champion for almost two years and never actually completed that finisher on anyone but job guys on 
WWF superstars. He never hit it on one wrestler who got a who got entrance music once ever. Well, because can you imagine like if you're like, hey, uh, you know, Tito Santana, you're gonna lose to the Honky Tonk Man, and he's gonna do a five minute dance before he beats. Yeah, there's no fucking way. <laughs> and his move is a slowly turning the back of your head towards the mat. Yeah, there's no way. Worst thing about the Honky Tonk Man, Dylan, go ahead. I think the worst thing about the Honky Tonk Man is all the horrible shit he said in shoot interviews just so he could get another 50 bucks. The worst thing about Honky Tonk Man is still has the Elvis haircut. That is very bad. And clearly still using the same pomade that he got from Vince McMahon in 87. (laughs) He uses pomade like it's 1896. It's very funny. Pomade, take a shit. Call your mom, tell her she's a whore, honky tonk man. Yeah, I'm I'm here to fuck you, honky tonk man. <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Do you know what you can do? First of all, are you guys sitting down? Are you sitting down? Because here's what you can do. Please, please, please call us up on the phone. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> next week we're gonna be doing. Bill Alfonso, and please donate to Patreon, patreon.com backslash wrestler review. We're on Twitter and Instagram at wrestler review, and we're Facebook fan page, the wrestler review podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. John, do you have anything to announce? I am still touring Australia starting in Canberra for the Canberra Comedy Festival. Then I'm doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Only three solo shows come to those. Then I'm at the Sydney Comedy Festival, the Melbourne Comedy Roadshow, and then I will be back in Los Angeles. So Dylan and I will be doing a lot of recordings where one of us is obnoxiously tired. Um, oh, yeah. Also, ladies and gentlemen, Brendan Burns keeps telling me that more people listen to this show than they do. So let's fuck with Brendan Burns. If you guys can tweet at Brendan Burns, I don't listen to your show. Just tweet at Brendan Burns. It's at Brendan Burns, I believe, or. Yeah, it's at, or Brendan B. Comedy. I can't remember which one it is. But just tweet, I don't listen to your show. I guarantee if two of you do it, he will be like, something's going on. My fans are abandoning me. And I want to fuck with him. <laughs> so do that, baby. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Honky Tonk Man.